It's actually been nice to well, it was it's been nice. perfect today. It was perfect, but look at it now. The sun is out. Ew. Why? Blue skies. What the hell? It was literally like an hour ago. Kat and I got a massage. I was gonna say you're turned away from the microphone and you talk like a child. So Kat and I got a massage. A <laughs> I I didn't realize I booked us like a couple's massage because we were in the same. It room was together. great, guys. We we took our relationship to a whole new level. Yes. <laughs> but there was oh, like man um thunder in the background yes it was for me because i was freaking out the whole time <laughs> it's so weird how it like helps to calm us yes. yeah it was great it was awesome and yeah i spent i spent the whole morning looking at or watching the storm listening to the storm and then i was on tiktok <laughs> i mean i pretty much did the same thing i did <sighs> i did actually go outside on my porch which i never do I mean, I have to go outside every morning because of Thor, but <laughs> yeah, I need to do it more. I'm thinking now that I'm going to be here for at least another year, I might actually invest in some patio furniture. This is not an ad for fries, but fries right now has <laughs> um, really nice, just like chair, chair, patio table. chairs. Yeah. Um, I think they're $30. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. And they're really okay. nice. So, and they have red ones and blue ones and yeah. Well, like teal, like that color. They have like black ones. Yeah uh i think so i think so <laughs> like my soul yeah they kind of the teal ones kind of look like my teal ones that i have at home but i already okay. have enough patio furniture on my small patio so yeah <laughs> so you are not listening to a podcast about patio furniture yes you are we've actually changed <laughs> up our mo <laughs> you are listening to difficult damsels yay what kind of podcast is this, this podcast about badass women from history and they're difficult but they're not really difficult they're just better than everyone around them <laughs> and, and sometimes very problematic yeah, yeah, yeah. women from history as this uh, this episode's gonna show well, it's not their fault rachel that people push them to it except for this one this one it's like <laughs> except for this this one. one's pretty bad <laughs> who are we talking about today rachel oh god oh, i'm god. not prepared you had the i usually I handed like it to take you. a moment oh i mean we could keep going we could keep talking about patio furniture <laughs> Well, just really quick, because it is spooky season, when this episode comes out, it'll Ooh. be about a week before Halloween, so I figured we... will be the week of Halloween. Will it? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, like, right before. It's before right. the Halloween weekend. Okay. But I decided to kind of, in lieu of what we did last year, talking about, like, spooky women. Who did we talk about last year? We did Julia Tofana oh yeah and lavoisin um, lavoisin with the poison that's how i remember lavoisin <laughs> with the poison <laughs> who could have been her own episode i didn't that realize to be like a rap song why rappers lavoisin with it. the poison yeah, yeah. i am not I gonna try you because a rap i'm song. very white yeah well, i'm white i choose not I to am, rap <laughs> i am not eminem so. <laughs> but um, yeah so we are on episode 45 45 and our difficult damsel is daria nikolaevna saltikova the Russian blood countess. Yes! <laughs> um, heads up, there are a lot of Russian names in this, there and are, I am not good at Russian. There are a lot, also a lot of heinous activities. 
lots of heinous so activities. If you don't like heinous activities, don't listen. Yeah, if you don't, if if you didn't like the stuff from the Elizabeth Bathory, yeah, episode, this is worse. I feel like um, there's just not as much information, but it's pretty much same on difference. Par. Okay, yeah, very much on par. <laughs> okay, so let's set the scene Ooh, here. Oh, butter, <laughs> baby. I just tried to baby try gets so spooked. <laughs> He's heard that air conditioner oh, come on no. like 50 million times and every single he time gets he's still every time I'm like, bro. <laughs> it's because he has trauma. He's up alley. Could you not be inappropriate? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, right in front. She does that when I'm sleeping. She's like, this is my house. Oh god, I hate that sound of any animal licking anything, and I'm just like, Gah! she does it right next to me, and I'm just like you know, Thor does it in my room, and I'm like, is it echoing? Like, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, this is not a You guys, a this is kind of sort of a relaxed themselves. episode, so you all are just going to have to deal with it. Oh, uh, okay. Rachel and I just got massages. We're all ready to go. Hell, yeah. We're going to set the scene for you. Oh, you ready? Yes. Let's yes. do Give Me Some Lake Spooky Atmosphere. <laughs> Wind blowing. <laughs> Strange things were said to occur around the Russian aristocrat. Oh my god, why can't I talk? You fucked it up. <laughs> Russian aristocrat. <laughs> yeah, that word is hard. Strange things are said to occur around the Russian aristocrat Daria Saltikova's estate. You know what? I just can't say aristocrat, so you're going to have to deal with aristocrat. it. Aristocrat. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like so confident, and then I hit the k and I'm like, no, I'm done. Exactly. <laughs> aristocrat. <laughs> just the say that for now. <laughs> It became a spooky story to tell Russian children at night. Stay away from Daria Saltikova's castle. Young girls that visited the estate were said to disappear and never be heard from again. Strange screams could be heard in the night, and it was rumored that some of the girls had been flayed alive. Oh, that's probably Just a little bit. <laughs> if this story sounds familiar, it should. 200 years earlier, similar stories were told of a Hungarian noblewoman named Elizabeth Bathory who was said to bathe in the blood of virgins to maintain her eternal youth. The truth was far more horrific. She targeted young serving girls who would not be missed, and when she was finally caught, the number of murders was speculated to be anywhere between 200 and 600. Jesus. Okay? I kind Now I'm curious. I'm going to interrupt you because that's what I do on this that's podcast. fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm curious because we have a Russian blood countess and then we have a Hungarian bloody... It's blood countess. Yeah. So, like, I'm wondering if there's something in their their culture or their folklore or their mythology or mythos or whatever that like let them in. Well, for Elizabeth, <laughs> stare off into the middle distance. For Elizabeth <laughs> Bathory specifically, um, she was in the same area as Vlad the Impaler, mm -hmm. and both of them went on to influence the stories of vampires and. Dracula. The vampires. The vampires. <laughs> yeah, so I think she just got the... I, I went with Russian blood countess because I knew that would pull people in. Hell yeah. I'm in. I'm here for it. That name alone. <laughs> Daria Saltikova was nowhere near as prolific, but she was said to be just as brutal and vile. By the end of her reign of terror, her body count ranks somewhere near 130. Jesus. This is the story of the blood countess of Russia. Look at how 
fascinated that Ellie is right now. I know, baby girl. She is here for it. She, she's got like the fireplace right behind you her. You all better be stoked about the story. As stoked as Allie is, crash me out. Because she's, I was going to say, I thought her paws were crossed. But... Oh my God, that would have been really cute. But no. <laughs> she's like, calm, calm down. I'm still, I'm still the queen. All right. You ready for some historical context? Uh, 100% ready. Okay. So from 17... 17- what if I said no? I would say too bad. Okay. <laughs> so from 1733 to 1738, the Polish War of Succession occurred with France and Spain both vying for control and possession of the Polish throne. Stop it. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> In 1742... The first water-powered cotton mill begins operation in England. Interesting. In 1745, the second Jacobite Rising is begun by Charles Stewart in Scotland. Ooh, I know that name. Outlander. Right. <laughs> Teaching us history in the form of fiction. <laughs> in 1755, the Great Lisbon Earthquake destroys most of Portugal's capital and kills up to 100,000 people. Jeez. That's insane. Yes, that's what happens when we have... Um improper infrastructure (laughs) crazy concept yeah yeah. (laughs) from 1756 to 1763 this marks the period of the seven years war with several european powers fighting all over the world competing for supremacy among the territorial disputes were the colonies of what would go on to become the united states hey In 1762 specifically, Catherine the Great initiates a coup to usurp the Russian throne from her husband, Peter III, and begins her 30-year-plus reign of Russia. She's like, this might not thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about her a little bit. In 1773, the East India Company starts operations in Bengal to smuggle opium into China. In 1775 to 1783, this marks the period of the American Revolutionary War. Go us. (laughs) <laughs> in 1781, the city of Los Angeles is founded by Spanish settlers. In 1789 to 1799, this marks the period of the French Revolution. Ooh. In 1793, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Upper Canada bans slavery. Yay for Canada! And in 1799, the Rosetta Stone is discovered by Napoleon's troops, which is a huge slab of stone with Egyptian writing inscribed around 196 B.C., during the Ptolemy dynasty. Also, you can learn a language from the stone. The Rosetta in the form Stone. Of a CD. <laughs> <laughs> so, the non CD Rosetta Stone. Different stone, you're right. <laughs> becomes instrumental in helping to read Egyptian hieroglyphs. Huh. We basically have the Is Rosetta. That, that's why it's called why the Rosetta, call stone. It Rosetta yes. stone, guys. Look at that. We're giving you facts like it's our job. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's our historical context. I don't know if you caught it, but Daria lives for quite a long time. Interesting. Like a 70 year. Yeah. Yeah. She's a vampire. In that time. Exactly. (laughs) My bracelets are really loud, and I apologize if they're (laughs) Just put it into the thing. It's ASMR. (laughs) Daria was born on March 11th, 1730, to two Russian aristocrats. She would be an Aries. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she's an Aries. I Isn't think it? that might be the tail end of Pisces. Oh shit! I'd have to. Look. I didn't look it up. Wow! I'll look it up at the end. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so her parents were Nikolai. Nikolai. I love that name. Sorry. Avtonimovich Ivanov and Anna Ivanova Davidova. 
Not much is known about her family other than the fact that they were of very old and noble Russian stock and were well acquainted with other ancient Russian families, including the Davidovs and the Tolstoy family. Tolstoy. We don't have much to go on with her childhood either, other than she was observed as being incredibly pious and was said to visit several religious temples and shrines. This was the trend for most young noble women of her age. When she got older, she was said to have donated a lot of money to the churches and monasteries in the area as well. <laughs> as would be expected of any young Russian aristocrat, Daria was married off fairly early in life to a man named Gleb Alexeyevich Saltykov. Alexeyevich. <laughs> you were right. The uh is feminine because he's Saltykov. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just taking a picture of your cat creeping <laughs> on me from behind. We can assume she was fairly young when she was married because she ends up having two sons with him named Theodore and Nicholas. I love the name Theodore. Is that weird? Theodore. No, Theodore. I like that name too. It's a very nice name. Surprise it was Nicholas and not Nikolai. Anyway. Maybe it was Nikolai, but we're just Maybe they were finally catching on to the fact that we only have five (laughs) names, and maybe we should change it up by, like, a letter or two. Theodore was born in 1750, when Daria would have been approximately 20 years old. So we can assume she was, at the oldest, 19 when she was married off. Okay. That's not great (laughs) still, but, like, it's better than 13. Fair. 12 or or 11. Or 5 when Empress Matilda was first betrothed. It's all terrible. They're still just handed off like cattle. Not much is known about Gleb either. Gleb. Especially since he died when Daria was only 26. Oh. But we do know that he was a member of another very prominent Russian noble family, the Salty Coves. Gleb was a captain of the Imperial Guard, and his family was well connected with money, land, artists, philosophers, and power. Not to mention they had a direct line to the royal family. Ah, yes, there it is. (laughs) Prominent members of the Saltykov family had been Praskova Saltykova, Tsarina and wife of Ivan V, and Sergei Saltykov, who lived at the same time as Daria and was Catherine the Great's first lover and paramour. Huh, what was his name again? Sergei Saltykov. I I do too. He's very attractive in the Ekaterina show you were looking at. Allie, do you like that name as well? She's like, yes, it's pretty cool. Gleb's nephew was also a tutor to the Imperial children. So they're right up there. Yeah. Daria's marriage to Gleb. was a tutor. That's interesting. Isn't it usually women? Um, When you're in this society, I think outside of the fact that like Catherine the Great is rushing, rushing things, (laughs) (laughs) running things and rushing things, um, men typically occupied educational positions interesting i like it daria's marriage to gleb elevated her to the status of a russian countess with catherine the great currently ruling russia was undergoing a cultural evolution as western european influences were brought to russia so it's likely that daria would have enjoyed the fashions of the upper nobility that favored french and italian dresses along with the cuisines suitable to a lazy noble class a lazy like noble pastries class. and cheese i like it that sounds great why i watch lazy <laughs> don't judge me <laughs> when gleb died um not under mysterious circumstances oh, surprisingly thank god <laughs> Daria was a widow at the age of 26 and inherited an immense amount of wealth, land, and over 600 serfs. Damn. She's like, I am moving up in the world. The 600 serfs is the key here. Oh. We're going to come back to that. Do you know what a serf is? Is it a thing that you rule? It's a person. Oh. 
<laughs> oh no, because a thief is what you rule, mm-hmm. and a serf is who isn't the who thief. works the yeah. yeah. And we will don't all... test my medieval knowledge. <laughs> we're gonna get into it. it I have a whole pressure? section that we're about to get into. <laughs> we're not. You medieval just really want to test me. We're in the Enlightenment period. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Allie, you can't have my coffee. Daria was also the wealthiest widow in Russia after Gleb died. Oh, hell yeah. I want that title. The wealthiest widow of Russia. Yeah, exactly that. Do yeah. not change a thing. It's on your tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> During their marriage, nothing out of the ordinary was observed about Daria to give away any hint that she was the monster she would become known as later in life. The only thing people seemed to observe was that Daria was this kind of weird gloom and call gloom and collie gloom and collie i love it <laughs> gloomy melancholy gloomy melancholic like Gloom-a-colic. emo girl <laughs> emo noble girl that would like sit in the corner so and like glare at our everybody. best friend if we lived in this time <laughs> until she did this <laughs> look she's not a crazy person yet we would have sat next to her and been like hey what's your story and then she would have just looked at us with crazy eyes and we'd be like never mind you know what i don't want to know it anymore i've changed my mind <laughs> Do you like cats? (laughs) From here on out, much of the story becomes so insane that people find it difficult to distinguish between what is actually fact and what is embellishment. I love how, like, I I wonder if that's because people don't want to accept how crazy it is, and so they say it's fantasized, or, like, they actually fantasize it because it's not as crazy as we want it to be. We will discuss at the very end... um, why it's a little sketch when we just when we talk about it because there's things going on as always nothing ever happens in a vacuum like we even saw that with elizabeth bathory she had family members who were contesting for her land so even though we know she was a monster a lot of it may have still been exaggerated in order they could get her land exactly that's fair In the beginning, sometime after her husband died, people began to observe that young girls were going missing at Daria's estate. Surprised anybody noticed! (laughs) Like the case with Elizabeth Bathory, people would bring their concerns to the local authorities, but because of Daria's family connections, nothing ever came of it. What we do know is that Daria seemed to have a proclivity for young girls, some of them being as young as 12 years old. What we do know is not much has changed. (laughs) It's disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) Because these girls were serfs, they had very little legal recourse or rights, and so their disappearances went tragically unnoticed. So you may be wondering what exactly is a serf. The serf class is relatively unique to Russia. This specific serf class, they've Serfs exist all over, but in Russia, um, it was a class of people that had the unique status of being somewhere in between a slave and an indentured servant. Serfs in Russia were generally tied to the land specifically. They are basically the lowest form of a peasant that worked for free, tending to the land and bringing in the harvest for the noble man or woman that owned the land in exchange for being able to live on that land. I I mean, it's like free, but like you technically get some yes i'm not sticking up for the noble class i'm just saying there is a very symbiotic relationship yeah yeah unlike slavery where individual humans could be sold individually serfs were tied to the land so if the land was sold the serfs are sold along with it gotcha i remember learning about that in history class okay (laughs) (laughs) oh look history happened (laughs) i had to use it (laughs) the type of work a serf performed 
depended entirely on the land that they were attached to. If the land was farmland, they tended to the fields, but they could also be attached to lands that carried quarries, mines, or forests that were used to cut down wood. So if you're in a mining area, you are basically a miner. Okay. If you're in a woods area, you're a lumberjack. Yes. In exchange for working the land, serfs enjoyed the protection and justice of the landowners. The luckiest... Justice is a loose term. Yes. All right. <laughs> the luckiest of serfs were able to cultivate certain fields tied to the estate for their own sustenance to try and cultivate their own small wealth. But for the most part, Russian serfs were expected to serve the nobility they were tied to and had very little recourse for speaking out against any abuses they experienced. Because of how prevalent serfdom was to the Russian economy of the 18th century, it was not uncommon for serfs to go missing since there would have been little, if any kind of detailed record for who was tied to each estate. But the disappearances that started occurring around Daria's estate were unique even in this time. So how did it all start? Um, Tell me, Rachel. <laughs> nobody knows. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so according to one of the stories... Daria was said to have grown lonely in her widowhood and ended up following for a man named Nikolai Tuyuchev. Tuyuchev? Tuyuchev. That's probably not right, but... That sounds good. <laughs> Nikolai Tuyuchev. <laughs> it is Tony, you just say it with a weird Russian accent and you're very confident. <laughs> the love affair was said to have lifted the spirits of a woman who was bored and lonely and growing older in age, but over time her lover's gaze soon began to wander and Nikolai was said to have taken up with a younger paramour. Yes. She doesn't have a name. Of course we not. just know she had red hair. Her name is Younger Paramour. Younger That's Paramour. her name. Yes. <laughs> not Daria. <laughs> not Daria. <laughs> now, whether Nikolai eventually grew bored with Daria or he became increasingly wary and scared of her notorious temper is anyone's best guess. When Daria learned that Nikolai and his new young flame were secretly married, she flew into a rage and attacked Nikolai, nearly killing him. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> okay. The couple, I like a girl with a temper. <laughs> the couple was so terrified of Daria's temper that they quickly fled to a neighboring estate in like, Moscow. Let's move, guys. Let's move. <laughs> before fleeing the region entirely. Oh, jeez. Maybe don't piss off the scary lady. Well, here's why they fled. Oh. <laughs> Daria allegedly instructed several of her serfs to go burn down the house that <laughs> they were staying in. We should not laugh at that. <laughs> Rather than perform the deed, the serfs she had enlisted warned them instead, which led to them fleeing. Daria was said to have been hell-bent on killing them both, but because they managed to escape her wrath, she instead turned her anger on the serfs within her own estate. Yeah. I just never understood the, you can't let that person go. Like, I'm yeah. like, okay, bye. You want to leave? Out. You're like, adios. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. will open the door and hold it for you and yeah. then let it hit you on the Even way after they left, she still hired assassins to go after them. That is too much work for someone <laughs> who didn't want you. <laughs> Like, just let it go. There are other fish in the sea. They may be special fish, but there are other ones. <laughs> but they're ones. there. <laughs> now, it's said that Daria was especially cruel towards the younger girls within her serfdom, finding that the younger they were, the more violent she was towards them. Oh, my gosh. Her motives have been speculated upon for centuries, with some claiming that she targeted younger girls because she felt they were her rivals. Other people simply claim that Daria was already prone to violent outbursts and did not need any reason to lash out. I mean, it was probably she was, what's the word where you 
put it on projecting yeah her woes onto the girls because they're also girl. just like rage attacks mm-hmm. people have those and they like black out in their rage yeah daria would later claim herself that she had been triggered by the carelessness for which her serfs kept her estate i rolled my eyes <laughs> <laughs> hard <laughs> Most people generally believe that Daria was simply unhappy with her life and decided to take it out on the young women who worked on her estate. Jealous of the youth still possessed by them and the promise of a future that they still had that was denied to her. It allegedly started small. If Daria observed a serf cleaning her home and performing their duties in less than a satisfactory manner, she was said to have thrown logs at the serf. Excuse me? From there, the <laughs> violence would escalate according to the level of rage she found herself in. This woman probably has a anger management issue. Yeah, I'm sure there's also like mental health issues yeah. here. Like untreated mental health issues. Um, So I'm going to do a little bit of a trigger warning here for the next portion because um, I'm going to detail some of the allegations of violence. Okay. So uh, if you don't want violence, skip. Yeah, skip like two to three minutes. So Daria's outlets for violence will probably sound familiar to those of us who already know the story of Elizabeth Bathory. Daria's methods were said to be very varied, and she would also kind of tailor it to whatever perceived crime the serf committed. Yeah. This woman puts too much effort into weird (laughs) things. She has nothing else to do. She's just like a Russian aristocrat. Pick up a fucking book. (laughs) She read them all. Shit. (laughs) Find another one. Go find a beast with the library and make him a prince again. (laughs) (laughs) She is the beast with the library. This is true. Among the allegations were that Daria would strip some of her victims naked and then tie them up and leave them out in the cold to freeze to death. This occurred in Russia, so you can kind of just imagine how cold it gets there. (laughs) Daria was also said to have pushed some of her victims down flights of steps. Others had boiling hot water poured on them after they were forced to strip naked, and others yet were said to have had their flesh set on fire. That is not good. Daria did not distinguish between pregnant women or children either. In one of the stories, a priest had been visiting with one of the pregnant serfs on Daria's estate and observed that the woman looked as if she had been beaten. The woman would later go on to claim that Daria had actually trampled her stomach. <gasps> yeah. That's terrible. Yes. It's not. It's not I good. know. <laughs> Other accusations were very similar to what we heard with Elizabeth Bathory, suggesting that Daria had also mutilated the genitals of her victims. <sighs> Some of the worst accusations suggested that Daria had severed ears and other body parts with hot pokers whipped the backs of her servants raw to the point that their bones were exposed. Oh my gosh. And even that she engaged in the cannibalism of her victims. That one's probably... Yeah, that one's probably one of the more outrageous claims. Yeah. But like, I mean, also not far off though. Yeah. I mean, if she's doing all that other stuff, it's it's hard to say. Like yeah. we really, a lot of this is hearsay at this point. Daria's violence specifically targeted women. Of all the victims that had been verified, only three of them were men, and it's generally believed that those deaths were an accident. Even though men were generally safe from being targeted, the women in their lives were not near as lucky. According to another of the stories, one of Daria's male serfs had apparently angered her so much that she started to target his wives and... Over his tenure with her, he had 
married three times and lost all three of his wives. Oh my god. Yeah, she hyper focuses. Jesus. Daria would later go on to say that she never intended to kill any of her servants, but merely discipline them. No, honey, that's not. And somewhere you don't along the line, kill someone that bad. <laughs> she said she would just kind of fly into a blind rage and take it too far and end up killing them on accident multiple times. Maybe <laughs> if that's happening, you say, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be the one to punish maybe them. I'm the problem." Yeah, or here. that too. Yeah, but like, I mean, first steps, baby steps. I'm not the one to punish them. Let me like put the punishment on, in someone else's hands and I'll just go like beat the shit out of a log or something instead of throwing it at people. I don't know. That would require way too much self-reflection. <laughs> I know, but she's putting so much effort into this. It's like put just just transfer your effort and you'll be fine. <laughs> Many people have also suspected that Daria's violent outbursts were indicative of her being a sadist and that she was simply oh, yeah. someone that derived pleasure in causing pain for other people. I'm going to go with yeah. As mentioned, the initial complaints of abuse within Daria's estate initially went unnoticed. Some of the complaints made it to local authorities were even met with punishment, as it was a crime to speak out against any member of the Russian nobility. See, therein lies the fucking problem. Yeah. Your Russian nobility is untouchable, therefore they're assholes. Well, and this is also a case of you're, you're viewing the people... As property. As property and less than human. Yeah. The serfs within Daria's estate would have felt particularly helpless, not, not only knowing that their complaints to the authorities were going ignored, but also knowing that there could be incredibly harsh repercussions if they complained about her. It also didn't help that her family was tied to very high-ranking officials within the Russian imperial court, and for a very long time, it almost seemed as though Daria was untouchable. It was said that up to this point, approximately 21 complaints had been officially brought to the local authorities with nothing to come of them. For nearly 10 years, the serfs and her estate endured these incredibly violent and terrifying fits of violence without any repercussions. That's absolutely terrible. Everything finally changed in the summer of 1572 when two of Daria's serfs managed to escape Moscow and make for St. Petersburg, where they planned to petition Empress Katerina II, a.k.a. Catherine the Great, in person. You said St. Petersburg, and automatically I started singing, Have You Heard? There's a rumor in St. Petersburg. (laughs) Every time. Every time. Same here. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try to say some Russian names here, but these these are the two people who escaped. Please bear with me. <laughs> so, Sakveli, Martinov, and Ermole Ilyin were the two serfs that managed to escape. The latter of these two was the one that, um, he was the husband of the three wives that had been targeted. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Enter Catherine the Great. So, Catherine the Great was said to have taken the allegations very seriously but she was faced with a very interesting political conundrum on how to deal with the situation. So we're going to get in our rewind time machine. Rewind do... time machine. We haven't gotten to that. In a really long it's time. been a while. Yeah. Rewind we're going to do a very, very brief um, history on the origin of Catherine the Great. Okay. So Catherine was born as princess Sophie Frederic Auguste von Anhalt Zervest Dornberg. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> In the kingdom of Prussia, which at the time was part of the Holy Roman Empire, like many other young German noblewomen. That's right. Catherine is German. (gasps) She is not Russian. (gasps) 
Catherine received an education from French tutors and was groomed to eventually become the wife of a powerful leader of a country from an incredibly young age. Her mother was a Queen of Thorns type figure, scheming to ensure that her children all landed in powerful kingdoms to help advance their own family status, wealth, and power. Catherine was betrothed to her second cousin, the future Peter III of Russia at the age of 10. She famously found him to be utterly detestable upon first meeting him and would later go on to enact one of history's most famous coup d'etats when she usurped the imperial throne of Russia from him and then had him murdered while she ruled as regent and empress of Russia for her infant son. I love a good coup d'etat. Yes. <laughs> one day we will cover her because it's a really good story. It's just another one of those she ruled forever. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> She was a woman, so hear her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When Catherine first got to Russia, she viewed it as a primitive and outdated place that was well behind her European counterparts. (laughs) Inspired by the ideas of the Enlightenment, Catherine determined early on to bring revolutionary change to Russia and its people to both modernize it and improve the day-to-day lives of its people. The Age of Enlightenment occurred in Europe around the 17th and 18th centuries. It championed the value of human happiness and the pursuit of knowledge by way of reason. Weird. (laughs) It also promoted ideals that favored liberty, progress, tolerance, the development of a constitutional government, and the separation of church and state. There's that right there. Does this all sound familiar? Yes. (laughs) These are the ideals that inspired the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you ask me a question, I get so nervous. Like, I'm going to answer it wrong, and then I get scared. I promise you, you know them. I know, but (laughs) Ali's like, what's happening? (laughs) Now, at the center of the Enlightenment was the idea that personal liberty and religious tolerance were necessary to ensure a free and thriving society, which was a direct contrast to the absolute monarchies that had dominated the medieval and Renaissance age before. Catherine the Great was determined to bring these ideals to Russia, and to do so would mean addressing the system of oppression that existed within the serf class. When Catherine became Empress of Russia, she had inherited a system of serfdom that allowed for people to give up their freedom to become a serf, and in exchange, they would be granted the protection and support of their landowners in times of hardship. Yeah, except you really need to um, define protection. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Children born to serf parents were born into the serf class as well. When Catherine initially took over, she enacted a few changes to the system that granted serfs limited rights. Um, basically more rights than they had before, but it, it's still not great. Yeah. Nobles that were found neglecting their side of the deal, i.e. not protecting their serfs or providing them shelter, could have their complaints filed by the serfs. Yeah, only to fall on deaf ears. Serf still had to go through the traditional legal process, and there was no universal legal precedent set across the country. So the level one could expect action on depended entirely upon the area it was conducted in. Hence why Daria's serfs never got the help they needed. Yeah. It's often said that Catherine tried to end serfdom entirely in Russia, but the reality is she did not want to have to deal with the peasant class coming to her directly. So she often resorted to the middle ground. Grant serfs some rights to keep them complacent so that they did not revolt, but also maintain the happiness of her nobility so that her rule was not challenged. Landowners and nobles were still free to punish their serfs any way they deemed fit. The only thing they were not allowed to do was kill their serfs. See, that is seriously problematic. 
Why is that? Because noble people are known to be assholes <laughs> to their serfs. <laughs> Again, and, like you have protection, but we can beat the shit out of yes. you on a whim. Yes. That is the key here. This seems so Daria just kind of made one little problem. Just one little mistake. Yeah, she accidentally, hard quotation marks, accidentally killed a couple of them. Yeah. 105. That's the only Was that reason. the number you said? It was, it's, so there's an official number. I haven't said that yet, but it's suspected up to as many as 130. That was close. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yes. <laughs> she wanted to prove to the masses, which included the peasant and serf class, that she cared for their general well-being. But she also needed to tread carefully and assure the nobility that there wouldn't be a free-for-all with peasants coming for their landowners. We won't come at you if you stop beating maybe, the shit yeah, out of maybe us. Maybe just stop beating us. Yeah, Let's stop being there. assholes and we'll be on weird even ground. <laughs> In the end, Catherine enlisted the College of Justice to perform a formal investigation into the allegations against Daria Saltikova, and in the meantime... Daria was arrested and kept under house arrest in a monastery in Moscow. In the end, Catherine was determined that the trial of Daria would be conducted publicly to serve as an example for a new lawlessness initiative she was pushing through. Over the course of six years, the College of Justice performed a thorough investigation into the Saltikova state. Six years? Six years. I mean, I guess, I guess that's good. And they basically conducted interviews with peasants and serfs and investigated the various murders that had occurred on the estate. It took six years because a lot of them didn't want to come forward at first. Well, yeah. They were too scared. Well, yeah. yeah. Literally, the, how you explained it and how you explained it, like they came forward only to be like sent back and then punished. Mm -hmm. Like that literally sounds like trafficking victims. And yeah. like everyone wonders why they don't come forward and why they don't disclose. It's like, well, that's why. Yeah. That's why. Because <laughs> people don't believe yeah. them and they talk down to them. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what was happening here. So, yeah, they were basically afraid that if Daria managed to escape justice, um, they would also become a target yeah. as well. Yeah. By the end of the six-year-long investigation, it was discovered that as many as 138 deaths occurred on the Saltikova estate, many of which were deemed suspicious, but lacking in the substantial evidence needed to confidently be attributed to Daria. Attributed. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it was so largely assumed that she was responsible, though. Well, yeah. Do you feel like they were dragging their feet? Because, like, it, like, how suspicious were they for you to be like, well, I don't know. I, I think, again, they, they needed people to, like, put down on paper what happened. And you also you want to try to find evidence. So I'm sure they were looking for evidence around the estate of like, yeah. you know, blood but stains like, and what have you. When you hit a certain number of deaths, it's suddenly a pattern. Yeah. But her estate's also really large. I mean, if she has 600 serfs, by the end of it, that's like a sixth of her serfs though. So it's, yeah, you know, like this isn't normal. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, people that die under suspicious But you also, a lot of them, again, they didn't have records. Yeah, so they, she could have easily said, like, that's not mine. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. You still killed them. <laughs> During the investigation, authorities set out to try and get Daria to confess to her crimes. 
Several priests were even brought in to get her to talk, but Daria refused. Mm -hmm. It strongly assumed that Daria believed her status would be enough to save her and eventually result in her release, so that's why she didn't talk. Ugh. None of the priests that were brought in to question her could get a confession out of her. Well, she also probably thought, like, I am well within my rights to punish yeah. them. Yeah. And oopsie daisies, they died. It doesn't matter the number that oopsie daisy just died, but like... <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. Terrible, but true. Yeah. <laughs> During the investigation, people also set out to determine whether Daria was either mad or insane. The chilling reality is that Daria exhibited zero signs of madness, and people soon came to realize she was completely unrepentant about her actions. Yeah. Over time, people eventually came forward with their stories. Although there was a wide variety of allegations that ranged from slightly deranged to absolutely batshit crazy, the general consensus was that Daria frequently flew into a blind rage, and at the very least of it all, beat and tortured her victims to death. When Daria was officially convicted of murder, she was found guilty of having murdered 38 women that they could directly link to her. With the conviction in place, Catherine the Great was faced with the next task of determining a punishment for Daria. Now, Catherine is essentially faced with a new conundrum. Daria Saltikova was a sadist and an unrepentant murderess, of which there was no doubt. Many people called for the execution of Daria, who had shown so little regard for life herself when she had taken out her anger and frustrations on her serfs. But by this point, in Russia, the death penalty had already been abolished. I mean, at the very least, take her ownership away from anyone. You are not allowed to own anyone anymore. Catherine knew that she'd have to tread this situation very carefully and find a form of justice that fit the crime, but also placated to her nobility. That's there, That doesn't exist. There's isn't no that, such thing. Isn't it kind of crazy to think that like 200 years before this, mm -hmm. like the nobility is just murdering everybody in the streets. Yeah. And now like in Russia, at least they're like, and suddenly they're like, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get somebody like Daria, who's like truly a horrific human. Yeah. And like, what do you do with them? Uh, you, uh, Elizabeth Bathory, them and lock them, uh, brick them up in their own house. It's pretty without close. any serfs. <laughs> <laughs> On October second, seventeen sixty-eight, Daria Saltikova was sentenced to life imprisonment in the Ivanovsky Cloister, where a cell awaited her as her new home. In addition to the death penalty, Daria was said to have narrowly escaped expulsion to Siberia, where she would have likely endured equally harsh conditions. That would have sucked, and it would have been perfect. Yeah, and she would have basically been forced to work in the labor camps. What the fuck? Well, so this is what ends up happening. I'm so mad. <laughs> she should have been sent that way. Before she officially went to serve her less comfortable imprisonment, oh. Daria got to endure what was known as a civil execution ceremony in the Red Square of Moscow. I'm sorry, a civil execution ceremony? Rachel, please explain this to me. <laughs> so, sounds like an oxymoron. During the ceremony, Daria endured a beating in, in the public square um, for about a full hour, and then she was chained to a platform um, for the next hour after that a sign was hung around her neck that read this woman has tortured and murdered and for the next hour she had to endure the scorn of the crowd that had gathered to watch her punishment i mean that's something i guess i'm sure they like threw tomatoes at her too and tomatoes. maybe goddamn rocks, rocky right <laughs> from here daria I don't was don't condone stoning though <laughs> 
From here, Daria was moved over to the Ivanovsky convent where a special wooden cell with zero windows was built specifically for her. Oh my god, that would be extreme torture for me. For the next 11 years of <gasps> captivity, Daria endured a lightless cell and was left to sulk and serve her punishment in complete and total darkness while chained to the walls. Oh damn, I kind of enjoyed this. Not saying I enjoyed human suffering, but I enjoy that she got something. It, it's, it is a <laughs> yeah. worthy punishment. Yeah. yeah. If this punishment sounds especially brutal, just remember that Daria was accused of not only beating and torturing as many as 138 victims to death, but she targeted girls as young as 12 years old with like, her sadism. By her own hand. Yes. Like, it's one thing if she, like, ordered the beating of, but, like, this woman did it herself. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Daria would remain under 24-hour-long surveillance from her guards. The only time she ever got to enjoy any light was when a candle was brought with her daily meals. As soon as she finished her meal, the candle was removed with the empty plates. The only time she was ever allowed out of her cell was to attend church services. And she was never allowed... get to... No. She was never Sorry. allowed to actually step foot inside the church. Yeah, she had to be you would set, be set on fire. <laughs> Yeah, the priests are basically like, she has to wait out there and she can listen from outside. Yeah. We do some seriously sh sh shitty shit, but like, she beat us <laughs> in the numbers. So, <laughs> I would love to see a horror movie made off of her after. Yeah, the horror like, movie is what happens after. After she hasn't had it's light for 11 years. Yeah. And that would be cool. We're not done. Oh, good. <laughs> So after 11 years of solitary confinement, Daria was eventually moved to the inner monastery where she was granted a new cell that contained one window with shutters. If she wasn't insane before. <laughs> 11 years <laughs> of solitary confinement did little to remedy her vicious disposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contemporary stationed in the convent with her observed that Daria would often spit at and taunt spectators that came to look at her. She's now rabid. You've made her rabid. Like... <laughs> she would like i don't know where she got the sticks but she would like shake them and try to beat people that walked by her cell as well i feel like she's just doubling down now <laughs> <laughs> daria would go on to endure nearly 20 more years of imprisonment until she eventually died behind bars in late 1801 at the age of 71 she yeah. had been imprisoned for 33 years i'm mad that she got to live that long i know but like but at least 11 years without light is yeah. hard <laughs> Daria was buried in the Donskoy family necropolis next to her relatives. Oh, I'm sure her relatives were rolling around in their graves like, please don't. Nope, just burn Get her. her out of here. <laughs> now, after her death, Daria became known as Daria Salpichika, the oh. latter of which would go on to become synonymous with the poor treatment of the serfs by the Russian nobility. Ooh. Just as we saw with Elizabeth Bathory, the legend of Daria Saltikova grew exponentially after her death. And it became difficult to tell truth from fiction from all the stories that soon emerged of her depravity. Although there is no doubt that she killed and maimed her serfs, many have pointed out that Daria's actions may not have been unique to her situation. They may well have been par for the cause in areas of Russia that were less supervised, and the sad reality was that serfs could often be punished horrifically by their landowners without any fear of legal repercussion. Yeah, because they were legally... the. The noblemen were legally within their rights to do whatever they want as long as it didn't cause death. What kind of rule is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the fact that it wasn't changed after this? Well. Oh. 
please tell me there's a happy ending to this. 60 years from the time of her death (laughs) would finally see the great emancipation of 1861 brought to Russia with the system of serfdom officially being dissolved and freedom granted to all serfs. It only took 60 years. But at the time of Daria's death, it's estimated that over 20 million serfs were owned by private landowners. Good Lord. The only reason Daria got caught and convicted was because she took the abuse one extra step by murdering her victims. If she had limited the abuse to just the beatings but never actually killed anyone, we likely would have never heard of her. Good Lord. And that is the story of Daria The fact that we heard about her and they still were like, "Mm, well, you can still beat your people. Oh, that's pretty dressed. Weird headgear. Those are, there's a couple of paintings of Daria. That's really creepy. Yeah. Look at those small hands. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sources! My sources for this episode were murderpedia.org. That's a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh. Allthingsinteresting.com. Ancientorigins.net, article by B.B. Wagner. I love Ancient Origins. <laughs> and, of course... Wikipedia! Wikipedia. Donate. Donate to them. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's insane. I don't like it. Oh, I forgot to. I don't know if I'm like more mad about the, the fact that it happened or the fact that it um it happened and then everyone was like, well, how do you we can't piss off the nobles? Alright. Woo! Are we doing our Yeah. So we're gonna change it up. I feel like I'm moving the microphone with my leg. That makes it sound like <laughs> I'm sitting really awkwardly. Um, <laughs> Did I not keep the... Oh, shit. Ah, shit, Rachel. God damn it, Carl. Wait, um, it's over there. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, Rachel. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's okay. probably like the first thing that's going to come back up. Anyway, <laughs> so we decided to change up. We're not going to... We're not going to just ask one question. We're going to ask several random spooky questions, and we're going to answer... Rapid fire. In rapid fire. Hell yeah. Is this the same one? Yes. Yes. Okay. If you were given the death penalty, what would your last meal be? Oh, I love how we said rapid fire and this is the first <laughs> one. I'm like, I'm stumped. Mine would be pizza with like tiramisu for dessert Ooh, and peeps. Yes. <laughs> mine would probably be like a sketty with a really yummy meat sauce. Mm. With garlic bread, obviously. <laughs> obviously. And then <laughs> wine. And for dessert, some form of yummy, delicious ice cream because I love ice cream. Yes. <laughs> what kind of ice cream? I don't know. Pick rapid fire. Let's go. I don't or do it's gonna rapid be, fire. It's, it's going to be carrot ice cream. Pick Ew, some. Fuck, that's <laughs> disgusting. Um, Kroger has a really yummy, like, cookie monster ice cream that's cookie dough and Oreo and marshmallow, and it's delicious and it's blue. <laughs> All right. There. What do you want etched on your tombstone? Wealthiest Russian widow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we talked about this before, and I've said, like, I want that on my tombstone, um, and I can't think of it now. I kind of don't want a tombstone. Yeah, I mean, me neither. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get my Viking funeral, and then <laughs> and then my ashes will be spread to the the seas or something. I don't know. I'd want, like... If someone wanted to remember me, I'd want like a little, you know how they have those little memorials by like trees. So you plant a tree and then you have like a little memorial plaque. I want that. Yeah. You can remember me at a tree that I planted. Yeah. 
I will. And it'll be like a spooky, twisted. I want my remains spread over the ocean, half of them and half of them put into a a tree. Yes. And then you'll literally be like by me when you're remembering me. I'll be like, hello. (laughs) I say like, I'm not going to be dead before you. (laughs) I think I want my tombstone to be. Feel your feelings. It's okay to feel Feel your feelings. (laughs) I didn't in life. So I hope you do in my death. Um, have you ever had an unexplained experience with the supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to talk about it? Yeah. Rapid fire. Oh God. I had a <laughs> creepy burnt figure appear in my doorway at my apartment and it was very scary. And Jesus saved me. Yay, <laughs> Jesus. I have a crucifix next to my bed and I slammed my hand on it and then turned the light on and it was gone. Like, <gasps> I haven't really had anything... Actually, we were talking to our tattoo artist. Oh, yeah. Probably the closest thing. And she was talking about, I don't want to talk about what she's talking about because I'll think about it. But she had a presence attached to her. I, I was in my car and my and back window her. like rolled down on itself. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I was like, uh-uh, get out. You are not welcome. You are not allowed <laughs> to follow me. Allie will kill you. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And then I, I got some like figurines from an antique shop and my cat likes to attack Anne Boleyn all the time. So I'm convinced <laughs> it's haunted, but that's about it. Oh, man. Hmm. Which horror movie scarred you for life? The exorcist and signs. Why? <laughs> the um, exorcist I can understand. The exorcist. Cause I grew up in Catholic churches and I was like, Oh, look at me. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no demon possession is just like creepy. For me I, for I don't like, yeah. I won't yeah. Watch the exorcist scary. And then signs just scared the shit out of me because it could, potentially i mean happen so and then it was just it was so well done obviously it's an end night sorry i always say your name wrong i'm not no disrespect your name is aggressive um it is aggressive but yeah it's just the the one scene that forever scars me is when the kids are in the room and they look out the window and there's the Mm -hmm. the creepy alien outline on the roof i've never seen signs you've oh my fucking god we're watching signs (laughs) I need to scar you for life as well. Okay. We should do that next week. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Okay. Fuck Sunday. Okay. Yes. Um, I love signs. I have two things that like really stuck with me. So one was paranormal activity. Oh yeah. I remember just because of how low budget it was, it felt really? like it could happen. Yeah. So I would constantly like to this day, I can't watch one of those <laughs> movies without thinking something's in the room. With oh me. no. Ellie's like, mom, I will save you. The Let other me thing. <laughs> It wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. It's The Haunting of Hill House. Ooh, that one was good. The Crooked Neck Lady. Yeah, Bent Neck Lady. The Bent bent (laughs) Neck Lady. That, to this day, if I think about it too much before bed, it was kind of beautiful the way they explained the ghost. Yeah, everything about that movie was beautiful, but it was also terrifying. Yes. You know, the bent, like, the bent Neck Lady, why is that so hard to say, was very scary for me, too. She, oh, my God. It, I always am afraid of, like, opening my eyes and seeing something next to me, above me, anywhere near me. Yeah, and then with, like, the haunting of Blind <laughs> as Manor. I say, as I wake up to Finn sitting on me and staring at me every morning. <laughs> I would think your cats would protect you, hopefully. No, they'd run. <laughs> Finn might scream at them because he's scared. I the it didn't scare me as much, but with the haunting of Bly Manor, the way they just explained how sometimes, like, Basically, ghosts have their uh, trajectory that they haunt. Um, but over time, as people leave, the energy is is less and less and less until it goes dormant. Yeah. 
the idea that it could just be woken up randomly yeah, that's scary. is what freaked me out for oh, a while. Yeah. 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 And to this day, I'll like be meditating and just laying on the floor. And sometimes I'll like open one eye and be like, oh, yeah, nothing's coming right. Nothing's <laughs> here, right? Ellie's like, I got you, mom. Look at her. I got you, mom. Don't worry. <laughs> if you had to chop off a piece of your body, which would you choose? Oh, no. Let's say this is saw and you like, which one would you? My pinky finger. My pinky toe. <laughs> you need your pinky toe for balance, don't you? I don't know. I'm just trying to. Think I know of you the need your your way. your big toe for sure for balance, but I'm pretty sure. I'm just trying toe. to think of what would be like the less invasive and in your quick. ear. Yeah, your ear. I I don't know it's if I could cartilage. though, because as long as I could still listen to music. Yeah, you. Unless you put a hot poker in the ear, you're just oh, cutting off the cartilage. Gross. Yeah, okay. you may not catch enough because you don't have the shell of your ear anymore, but you know. Do you believe in any mythical monsters like chupacabras or shadow people? Oh my god, yeah. All of them. <laughs> They're scary. Yes. Yeah, chupacabras creep me out. I, shadow people would creep me out a little yes. more. The one that like really gets to me is you're not supposed to say it, but it's a Native American cryptoid mythical monster. Does it, have, does it start with an S? Are the initials SW? The one I'm thinking of is uh, starts with a W like five letters yes i know what you're talking about no. ends with a no yes okay yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about <laughs> you're not supposed to say the names um there's a lot of native american lore that's yes <laughs> terrifying yes um how long do you think you would last in a horror movie not very long i don't run and um i fight things <laughs> and you're loud <laughs> and i'm loud i, I can like... be quiet if things are happening i feel like... unless i'm running and then i'm breathing like the rhinoceros the last rhinoceros and the jumanji stampede that's me when i run <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i would do pretty well because i would just hide i think you and i would do good to a certain point because like if we hear something weird in a house we're, we're not gonna not... be like hello we're not gonna investigate can we're you make like, me a no. sandwich <laughs> I know we just like spent a thousand dollars on this cabin for the weekend, but yeah. we ain't doing we this. Out. <laughs> we out. We um, out. Oh man. Let's see. I would definitely last long, but also I would get to a point where I'm like, come on, come at me. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm not going to run through the woods for three hours. So our episode time happened again. <laughs> we just missed a couple of random questions. All right. So. Would you consider tasting human flesh for a hundred dollars? No, 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 you missed the one. Go back up. You want to do the straight jacket one? Well, now I don't. <laughs> <sighs> How interesting. I'm sorry. I'm, this is not. That's who I work with. That's creepy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll do the flesh one first. So yeah, would you taste human flesh for only a hundred dollars? No, that price <laughs> would have to be way more zeros behind that one. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I just want, like, like I said before, I just want to um, talk to the person who proposed that question. I have questions for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> only a hundred dollars. Yeah. Really? Do we need to talk about your only a hundred dollars for human flesh? Um, would you consider trying on a straight jacket for a hundred dollars? Um, I would only if I knew the person who was putting it on and taking it off, like the person who was responsible for taking it off, like if yeah. you. Were responsible for taking it off of me. I trust you enough that I know you would take it off. Only a hundred dollars though. It's hundred dollars like, to wear a jacket with extra long sleeves and fancy buckles. <laughs> yeah, fair. I yeah. don't like being trapped though. So but like, if it, mm. but if, if you it's... were with a person you trusted yeah. and you knew that person was going to take it off you, yeah. If it was with a total fucking stranger, you'd be like fuck you, get out of here. <laughs> um, would you? 
we changed the question up. Would you rather be bitten by a vampire or a werewolf? I would rather be bitten by a vampire because I love vampires. Same. Yes. Sounds very <laughs> sexy. A werewolf, not oh, as sexy. You have to ask this question. The scariest horror game I've ever played. Did you ever play? Oh, fuck. What was it? Now I'm not going to remember the name. I. It was a sample game that was put out. It was like a beta test where it was just like a very short version of the game. And it was two letters. Fuck. I think it was PT. Or something I like that. I vaguely remember the name. It was fucking terrible. I was playing it in, the, it was back when I was living at home. I was playing the game in the extra room and the whole family was in the living room. And all of a sudden I just screamed bloody fucking murder because this thing jumped out at me. Oh <laughs> my dad's my like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm traumatizing myself. <laughs> it was a very freaky game. I notoriously cannot play horror games. I don't know why they freak me out. Like, I can't do zombie games. You played the one with Rami Malik, right? Rami Malik? No. You didn't play it? The one where you could, like, choose... It was like a no. choose-your-own-adventure, basically? Mm-mm. I don't like horror oh, games. It was so good. But they're too realistic for me. I don't know why it, like, freaks me out. That's... I mean, that's... You 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 struggle with scary movies, too. Yeah, but at least I can look away. Like, a game you have to fully engage. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just burped. Excuse me. <laughs> Hell yeah. What was your favorite season of American Horror Story? Uh, Mine would be Coven. Same. But I also stopped watching when it got all political and too real for yeah. me. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm just outside watching the crowd I, at this point. I tried to watch that season. It was very hard to do. And I was like, I can't do this. Well, I think it was so hard to watch because like they were trying to make it like escalated. Like it's people, it's like more aggressive. I'm like, no, that's how people are right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, this is just too real of life. Um. I also really like the bomb shelter one where uh, several of the basically different threads from the different seasons, they do kind of converge on each other and yeah. Coven comes back. I, Ooh, I've never seen it, yeah. but you just said Coven comes back. So suddenly I'm here. Do you look forward to Friday the 13th or dread it? I always look forward to Friday the 13th. Yes. We love the day of Freya. Yes. <laughs> what did you say last time? <laughs> I said, go out, have some fun and have lots of sex. I was going to say, you have lots of sex. That's why um, the, the church back in the day like basically confiscated the holiday because they're like it's the holiday for witches all right what is your favorite part about halloween all of it i love the decorations (laughs) i love all of it too i love dressing up um i love basically i was the thing i love is just kind of literally the the smell of halloween so like towards the end of october when it starts to get colder that's when people turn on their fireplaces and you can literally smell the brimstone fire you can smell the 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 leaves that have yeah i love wood smoke smell the leaves that fall it just it smells like fall and i I have a little tabletop fireplace it doesn't smell like wood but it has fire can we burn wood and it's no because it's propane and hi if you burn wood it gets weird <laughs> hi Allie. Allie's like i would like to enjoy the fire too <laughs> she's like i would like to be fed please <laughs> honey it's not time yet you have 20 minutes you are starving your baby <laughs> no, look at her she's not you are starving her <laughs> no all right well you have been listening to difficult damsels we hope that you have speed goodbye <laughs> We said this before. She's going to be an auctioneer. You can get us on difficultdemsels.com. You can help our podcast by reading, reviewing, and subscribing. I'm going to slap you. (laughs) Wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. I didn't get to go jinx you owe me a Coke. Damsels, because you can't jinx you owe me a Coke when you know what I'm going to (laughs) say. We are at difficult.jam. 
Damsels. <laughs> Difficult.damsels at gmail.com. I just said that. I Whatever. Oh, no. we heard <laughs> Look, that guys, we've already said know. goodbye. And we talked about the creepy house that we went to a couple, well, it was two Halloweens ago because it was when we, oh, yeah. it was before well, we started the this podcast. Was there. And there was a seance yeah. before we went to this Edgar Allan Poe reading. And I, no I was scared to go in the house because I was like, they just performed a seance in there. I'm glad I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Unless it was just a like Hollywood style seance, they were trying to do like an actual one. Versus... I'm sure it was a it was a theatrical seance. I'm sure it didn't have anything like crazy, but still, no, thank you. Yeah, no thanks. And that's the house that is on our Facebook page. Yes, yes. it comes full circle. It's on our cover photo. But yeah, so stay difficult, everybody, and have a safe and spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween. Woo woo.